Hello, Gator Nation, and welcome into the latest edition of Locked On Gators on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Zach Albaverde, staff writer for the Lake City Reporter. Happy Tuesday to everyone out there in podcast listening land, and a lot of talk so far this week about Florida quarterback Felipe Franks, and if you listen to some of the talk and some of the criticism, you might forget the fact that he led the Gators to a victory over the Miami Hurricanes on Saturday, but a bit crazy to see some of the criticism that's come his way. Maybe some of it is is deserved, but some of it I think is is just too much. And and we'll talk about that to start today's show. We'll also have Graham Hall from the Gainesville Sun. He will join us in the second segment to give you guys his opinion of the Florida Gators and their win in the season opener. In the third segment, we'll hear from Florida wide receiver Van Jefferson, who talks about the game, talks about the importance of special teams because he made a big play in the game on Saturday. But I want to talk first about the guy that Van Jefferson catches passes from. And that's Felipe Franks, who completed 17 passes on Saturday, had two touchdowns, threw for over 200 yards, but he also had two interceptions. And he also was part of the fumble exchange down by the goal line. And the second interception certainly put Florida in a position where they could have lost the game. And that might be part of some of the criticism that number 13 has been getting so far this week. But that's not all of it. And actually, it might not even be the most of it. A lot of the criticism that's being levied Felipe Franks' way has to do with his behavior, has to do with his sideline demeanor, has to do with the way that he conducted himself during the game. And there's a lot of different people that are having opinions about this, from fans to former players to analysts. A lot of folks critical of Felipe Franks. I think it's one thing to criticize his game. I think it's one thing to evaluate his performance look at ways where he didn't play up to the best of his ability or even played poorly in some aspects and can do a better job. But the whole idea of critiquing the way that he carries himself and how he behaves, I think it's getting a little ridiculous because this is something that he's been dealing with dating back to last year. And really, I think even during his redshirt freshman season when he was having some struggles, was dealing with some some adversity, and he showed it on the sidelines, and he showed it in post-game press conferences. This is just a guy that's always been scrutinized, that's always, I think, found one way or another to rub Florida fans the wrong way. Look, at, at the end of the day, if you're an old school Gator, if you're someone that doesn't like showboating, if you're somebody who doesn't like celebrating, I get it. I, I, I'm, I'm the first person to make moves and not announcements and wait until the final result is done before you start celebrating. I saw or heard a criticism from Steve Spurrier this week about the Miami Hurricanes pulling out the U-chain and celebrating turnovers like they just won the national championship. And I think the point he was trying to make was that it's just one play in the game. There's still more more minutes left to be played. You still got to go out there for another series. And, and I think for some fans that saw Felipe get on the sideline, get in the face of the camera, celebrate some with the fans after that go-ahead touchdown, where, where it seemingly some felt like he felt like the game was in the bag. Uh, and, and clearly it wasn't because he went out there on the next drive and threw an interception. But at the end of the day, for folks that don't want him to exude that type of confidence, that don't want him to celebrate, that don't want him to get loud – 
to get in the face of the cameras, to even engage with the crowd, you're just going to have to deal with it. That is who Felipe Franks is. That is the alpha dog that Dan Mullen has brought out in him. And, and at the end of the day, that's what gets him going. That is his game. That's when he's on his level or in his zone, as he would probably like to say. As long as he backs it up with his performance and leads Florida to win, he can showboat and do all that stuff that he wants to. Now, you might not like it, but that's part of who he is as a quarterback. That's part of who he is as a leader. And that's how he goes about his business. Now, some might not like that. I know the old adage that the greatest don't have to say that they're the greatest and they don't have to showboat. They don't have to bring attention to themselves. But my favorite athlete of all time is Muhammad Ali. He said he was the greatest before he knew it. And he was probably one of the biggest trash talkers and showboaters of all time. I think probably for a lot of folks, their favorite Florida Gator of all time is Tim Tebow and everybody knows how he was on the field and I'm certainly not trying to compare Felipe Franks to Muhammad Ali or Tim Tebow but I just find it funny when people choose to have an issue with how guys carry themselves on the playing field or when they're competing because nobody had an issue with Tim Tebow in 2007 when he told the LSU student body hey call me and he and he did that in the, in the end zone and still lost the game nobody had an issue with it then nobody had an issue with Brandon Spikes when he would punt the ball into the end zone. So for Felipe Franks, again, he might not be on the level of those guys, of those All-Americans, but when he's having success, when he's leading his team to comeback victories, when he's leading them to SEC wins, when he's leading them to victories over Florida State, over Miami, in New Year's Six Bowl games, and he's getting those W's, that is how he's going to react. If he can't back it up, and if he goes out there and falls flat on his face after talking some trash or after celebrating he's going to live with those results. No more so than a cornerback who goes out there and talks trash all game and then gets beat by a wide receiver for a touchdown. He's still going to come back on the next play and keep talking trash. So I think that my only issue, or I guess one thing that I could say to criticize some of the celebratory things that Felipe did was, was maybe wait until the end of the game or maybe wait until you know that you have it in the bag. But I don't have any issue with him celebrating in the end zone with Lucas Kroll. I don't have any issue with him getting up in front of the camera and saying something. Players across the country do that, and they've been doing it for decades, especially after they score a touchdown. So I think if we're going to nitpick on Felipe Franks on some of those things, if you don't like him punting the ball in the stands after Florida beat a rival that they haven't beaten since 2008, and they've only beat twice since 1985, then tough luck. I mean, I didn't have any issue when Brandon Spikes kicked the ball into the stands. I just think that for Felipe Franks, this is how he gets himself going. This is something that Dan Mullen has encouraged him, and maybe he'll talk to him a little bit and ask him to scale it back here or there, but he wants him to have that alpha dog mentality, and this is how he brings it out. We're going to head to our first break, and then after this, we'll be joined by Graham Hall from the Gainesville Sun to get his thoughts on Florida Miami, and then after Graham, we will hear from Florida wide receiver Van Jefferson on his performance against the Canes. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about Crossover Wednesday. The NFL season begins next week, which means Crossover Wednesday will be back. For the entire regular season, you will get a special episode every Wednesday as the hosts from opposing sides meet up to preview the excitement of the games happening that week. Find your favorite team wherever you get your podcasts and be sure not to miss the NFL listeners' favorite segment. All right, now we welcome in Graham Hall from the Gainesville Sun here on the Locked On Gators podcast. Graham, welcome into the show on a bye week edition. Yeah, Zach, it's, it's kind of rare that this time of year we already have a bye week and that there's no football going on. Uh, 
I, I was telling to someone earlier that this, there's a lot of reasons this was referred to as a preseason game. This really was a chance for Florida to get all their mistakes on film and then have two weeks to go out there and, and make some corrections. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously a lot of corrections for, for Dan Mullen and his staff to address and practice this week. But they get to go do it after winning a game, which is which is what you want to do in your season opener, especially against a rival on a big stage like that. Uh, you've had a few days now to kind of digest everything that you saw in Camping World Stadium what did you think about the Gators in their in their season debut? Yeah, it was clear that there's a lot of stuff that that does need improvement, and and nothing that isn't manageable. I think that that especially outside the realm that John Hevesy can get worked up. Obviously, Florida's offensive line, particularly the right side, was pressured all game and, and had a lot of issues that need correcting. Uh, I was telling someone earlier, Zach, that, that I think a lot of people forgot how talented this Miami defense was. Shaq Quarterman, uh, Gilbert Frierson, you saw Al Blades in there a lot. There's a lot of playmakers on this Miami defense, and, and certainly uh, you saw that on Saturday night. Florida's offense was pressured throughout the night. Uh, they were getting to the quarterback. Felipe Franks often had to uh, face pressure as he made throws. He had to uh, not have all the room to step into throws. He was often throwing off his back foot, couldn't really have his uh, ideal mechanics, and that's where his arm strength really came into play. He was yep. able to get the ball out of there. He was able to complete some throws that a lot of guys wouldn't have been able to get in uh, to their receiver um, if they weren't able to fully step into their throw, and, and that's one of the benefits of Felipe Franks. I think you saw that on Saturday night. Uh, if, if they progress at a rate that they did last season, I think that this team will end up being just fine, but certainly a lot of question marks after Saturday. I think a, a lot of people, including yourself, were expecting the Gators to win this game pretty handedly, maybe not expecting a one-score game. Certainly the back-and-forth, you know, five lead changes that we saw. Um, and I think it, it left a lot of people questioning at the end of it, is Miami, is Miami better than people thought, or is Florida maybe worse than, than people expected going into the year? And I guess we won't find that out until the more uh, few weeks of the seasons play out. But I was impressed by Miami and the effort that they gave. And, and for Florida, I think some of their issues maybe were to be expected with some new pieces there. I, I agree with all that, Zach. I, I think that Miami impressed a lot of people on Saturday night. I think Jaron Williams, even though he wasn't asked to really do a whole lot, he did a lot of things really well. He faced pressure a lot. He didn't make a lot of bad mistakes. He avoided turnovers. Uh, he completed, I think, 12 of his first 14 passes. I mean, I, I they were screens, yeah. which is something that Danny knows did a lot at Arkansas. But that's what you really want out of a, a freshman quarterback making their first debut, not to blow it or, or get the team out of the game. And they were in the game until the final minutes. And that's something I don't think a lot of people thought about this Miami team coming into Saturday. A lot of people had them losing by double digits, uh, myself included, even though Florida was only a seven-point favorite. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people thought that Miami would put up the performance that they did on Saturday. And we'll, we'll see if they uh, do creep into the top 25 here at some point in the season. The, the s schedule gets a lot more favorable moving forward for them, and, and certainly if they make improvements at the rate the, Gat the Gators expect to, they could be one of those teams that you look back in a few few weeks and say, oh, that's a good win for Florida. Now, is there anything that from that first game that, that really jumped out at you or that um, you took away as a real positive for Florida? Maybe, maybe not even something that you, you already knew about the team going into the game, but some guys that emerged. I mean, certainly we saw Kadarius Tony and how his involvement, but there's a lot of complaints and, and corrections that need to come from this game, but I think there's some things that Florida – uh, and Dan Mullen can take away to build upon. Was there anything particularly that, that stood out to you? I think that the concerns were overblown regarding the defensive line. I think that Florida uh, 
showed people on Saturday yeah. with those 10 sacks, which was the most, I think, by an SEC team since uh, 08. Since 2008. That's wild. Uh, I cannot believe that statistic when that came out Saturday night. Uh, you would think that considering the amount of defensive line depth that's come through this conference in the sure. last decade, that I didn't think Florida in a debut against Miami would be the one to do it. But lo and behold, here we are. Uh, I think that it was overblown, any concerns that people had. I think really... Uh, the focus should have been on Florida's safety depth. You know, you look at Donovan Steiner, he had issues tackling, really not the most uh, athletic guy out there. Jawan Taylor, that's supposed to be one of his strengths. I don't think we discussed enough about gave how... Gave up a touchdown. Yeah, he did give up a touchdown, and, and being in that red no-contact jersey, I mean, not really being able to tackle anyone in, in either of the two scrimmages, I think we kind of saw that. That was one of the repercussions of Saturday Night. That's a guy who's played uh, a full year of football without actually tackling anyone of significance, and, and I think you saw that on Saturday Night. Uh, um, and, and then Sean Davis, I think, impressed me, and that's something we've talked about before. Yeah. Uh, I think they clearly are going to need him, especially if Brad Stewart is out for more than just one game here, Zach. Now, outside of safeties, obviously we, we know what we like about the game. Is there anything that outside of safeties that I think is concerning for Florida going into this bye week that they really need to get figure out or address before their home opener? I think the run game, I, I, I yeah. think that, you know, you look at the play calls, that Florida ran 54 plays, 27 passes, 27 rushes. Felipe Franks was was pretty good for what he was asked to do, uh, considering the run game never got established. I mean, when you don't have a, a running game established, uh, you'd think that Miami would have done more damage to Felipe than they did. I mean, he completed 17 of 27 passes, even though Florida was averaging less than two yards per carry. I, I think a lot of that is on the run blocking rather than an indictment of Michael P. Ryan, Malik yeah. Davis. Although certainly Malik Davis having that fumble, again, another guy shaking off that rust is not going to do him any favors or, or answer any questions, especially heading into a bye week. You never want to have that on film to dwell on for 11-some-odd yeah. days. Uh, I think that they're going to put up a fine performance against UT Martin, obviously, uh, but but the run game has some questions that they need to answer, and I think mainly it's the run blocking. I think John Hevesy has a lot to put on film for these guys in the next week of preparation that they need to work on. Sure, and last but not least, what do you think that this win over Florida does to carry the Gators into the 2019 season, give them any potential momentum, and, and what does it mean to get a win over the Hurricanes when you know that's only happened twice now in 30-plus years with this program? I do think it means a lot, especially, and this is something I think you and I talk about, this angle especially more than other people, the recruiting implications of this. You know, These are two teams that may not see each other. They're not going to battle it out in the conference and may not even decide the national championship, but those recruiting battles can decide the conference. They can decide their individual hopes of making it to a college football playoff or national yeah. championship or what have you. You know, we saw C.J. Henderson out there, Kamari Gamble, Sean Davis. You remember from their recruitments, those guys were down to the the final minutes, down to the wire between Miami and Florida, and, and those – you know, decisions made a difference, I think, on Saturday oh, of night. Course. CJ Henderson stopping that touchdown on there. Third late. down, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that guy could have been on the other sideline and, and that could have made the difference in the game. So, certainly, I would like to see that rivalry actually unfold on the football field, knowing how it matters, you know, on the recruiting trail. But that remains to be seen. We'll see in 2024, 2025. The big thing I think that this game did for Florida was removed a lot of the anxiety and the emotions of the last nine months. Everyone was talking about this game, the, the start of the college football what 150th anniversary celebration what have you you know so many former teammates meeting up with each other you and I both know that when emotions run high in football and when your emotions are in their game you tend to make more mistakes than than play you sure know, careless absolutely football I think you saw that whether it was Florida's fumbles whether it was the multiple defensive pass interference penalties and and you know Marco Wilson making a DPI penalty Tackles who out of bounds yeah who would have thought that you know James Houston had worked so hard to 
you know, get that burden of a bad play off his chest, and then he makes another boneheaded one there late in the fourth quarter. I think that they had to kind of get those uh, bad plays out in the first game. That's, again, one of the reasons I think it's a preseason game. There's a, you know, a saying that in basketball that you warm up so you get all your bad shots out before the game. I think that Florida is going to try and view this game as that. Appreciate Graham for joining us on our special On the Beat. That's something that we will have every week with beat writers who cover the Florida Gators, get their perspective on the team. And now we're going to get some perspective from Van Jefferson, who talks about Florida's win over Miami, plays that he made in the game, and the emphasis that Dan Mullen puts on special teams. It was a good win for us. I think, um, you know, it talks a lot about this team. You know, uh, of course we didn't, you know, I mean, it was just a good win overall. Kind of. Five lead changes, turnovers, just back and forth, craziness in the fourth quarter. How do you feel like you guys dealt with all that? Uh, I think we dealt with it good. I think uh, defense, you know, uh, came in, came ready to play. You know, they made a lot of great stops for us. Uh, I thought offense did a good job. Of course, there's things we could do better on. But, you know, overall, man, I think we came to play and uh, came out with the win. Don't forget special teams. Oh, yeah, you exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just doing, you know, just doing my part, you know, uh, uh, practice. I mean, I was just on it. So Coach Knox said, "You know, you want to try it." So I said, "All right, yeah, I'll do it." So, uh, you know, I just can't thank nothing but God and you know um, my teammates, and we got the win. Recovering that fumble, how big was that moment? You feel like for a turning point in the game? Uh, I thought it was big. I mean, I think um, you know it's big for the team. It, you know, got us some momentum, and I was just there, you know, to make the play. So uh, it bounced my way, and I got it. So. You know, I think God was on my side right there. Uh I think, you know, like I said, this is the first game, you know, us coming in, you know, uh kind of nerves and stuff like that. I don't think it's anything that they did. I think we just didn't, you know, execute to the way that we, you know, do in practice and things like that. But overall once the game started getting, you know, going on and on, I think we kinda got comfortable a little bit. What does it say about Felipe that he's able to come back after throwing an interception and hit, you know, Johnson on that big play? Oh, it says a lot. Like I said, I mean I think Felipe is going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the country when it's all said and done. So, uh, you know, that just shows his character, you know, just shows his mindset and how st- mentally strong he is. So uh, for him to do that and bounce back, you know, it was great to see. Getting a, a winning big in, in the Peach Bowl and then also being your rival for State kind of carried you guys into a big offseason. How do you feel like this one can kind of carry you guys into the regular season? <clears throat> uh, I feel like it's, it can carry us big, but, you know, now we're going to just enjoy this win today, and then, like I said, just take it one step at a time, one day at a time. You know, you know, worry about tomorrow, then the next day, then you know, UT Martin will be here, so then worry about that. So, like I said, just take it one day at a time, and it will be fine. Will it be weird being off next week. Yeah, but I mean, we get a chance to rest our bodies and things like that. So, uh, you know, it'll be good for the recovery aspect of it. But um, you know, we get to relax, go chill with some family, you know, for the bye week, and then we'll be come back ready to go. Is there any relief when you've got so much buildup going into a game like this? I mean, all off season. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, like, we, like I said, I mean, we just came out here and, you know, played a good game, played the way that, you know, like Coach Munn said, just the Gator standard, you know, so uh, I think we just showed a lot, you know, and people got to watch out for us in the country. Appreciate that interview from Van Jefferson and really liked hearing what he had to say because I touched on it a little bit Monday. But as we know, for anyone who's been following Dan Mullen in this football program, he places a premium on special teams. And if you look in this game, there was some critical plays that were made on special teams that helped define the course of the game. You think of the first one where the Gators have their first three and out. You know, Miami's already scored. They already have the early momentum. And if the Gators punt it away, who knows how that first quarter could have played out. 
But instead, Dan Mullen dials up a fake, which as he told us yesterday, he was going to call no matter what. They find a way to get the first down. Tommy Townsend converts, and that's a huge gamble that Dan Mullen was willing to take because he has faith in his punter, he has faith in his special teams unit, and he feels like that's an element of the game where he has to attack the opposing team just as much as he does offensively and just as much as Todd Grantham does defensively. And you look at that across the board with the guys that they start and place on their special teams units. They're not putting true freshmen or the scrubs or the third or fourth string guys. They want their best athletes to fill those spots. And it really paid off for the Gators against the Hurricanes because then when they were needing a big play, when they were needing a momentum swing, when they were needing something to happen and a ball to bounce their way, it did when Jeff Thomas muffed that punt. You see the two guys that are down there to recover it, Van Jefferson and Tyree Cleveland, two senior wide receivers who really care and take pride in starting on special teams and being those gunners. And I I think that that was one of the key moments of the game. And also, too, as we talked about yesterday where I think the game was won, you go to Miami missing their field goal attempt. Now, that that was a huge moment in the game where Florida, they executed all of their special teams. They were able to knock it home with Evan McPherson, and he's been clutch since he stepped foot on the University of Florida campus. And I think for Dan Mullen to have things so secure with its kicking game with the punting game and now you got some some returners now that can do some damage Florida special teams is is now not only fun to watch but something that can be a weapon and a difference maker in the games for Florida and to see these guys having bought into it wanting to play on those different units I think it says a lot about this staff that'll do it for this edition of Locked on Gators today we discuss Felipe Franks and all the criticism that he's been getting this week despite a win over the Hurricanes we got a visit from Graham Hall from the Gainesville Sun to get his thoughts on the season opener and we also heard from Florida wide receiver Van Jefferson who talked to us about his role on special teams, which resulted in a big play on Saturday. Tomorrow, we'll talk more about this Florida-Miami rivalry, what this win means for the Gators in the state, in recruiting, and for Dan Mullen specifically. We'll have some more guests later in the week and get you ready as Florida enjoys this bye week after a week zero win over the Miami Hurricanes. That'll do it for today's show. See you guys tomorrow.